As Lon just said, I yeah. turned the mics on. And Belichick. Sorry about that. Bad timing. Is now added to the list of coaches that are now moving on. And that it's crazy. By the way, <laughs> hey, what's up? It's The Drive with Sam Piper, ESPN <laughs> Radio 93.5. Derek Piper, Lante. On that note, you had Nick Saban retire. Wow. You had Pete Carroll get fired slash step down right. to now move into a front office position. Not on these these guys' tier. I mean, Mike Vrabel's in there as well in terms of getting fired. Um, but to have Saban and then Belichick in a 24-hour span no longer be coaching and to be done, although it sounds like Belichick is still interested in coaching and how weird. I saw a report from Adam Schefter today that he might be in the mix for the Atlanta Falcons job. Interesting. How weird would that be? That would be, I mean, it, that'd be strange. Look, it was weird getting used to watching Tom Brady put on a different uniform. <laughs> it was weird getting used to watching uh, Brett Favre do it. We're getting ready to see Aaron Rodgers do it. Yeah. So some greats through the years. I know if you go back, Joe Montana putting right. on the, the Chiefs, right? That was weird. Yeah, that was, that was the first weird one for me is seeing that, you know. So, yeah, no, there's no doubt that if Bill Belichick is, you know, walking up the sidelines as the Atlanta Falcons coach, that's just not going to feel right. Like, I feel like even though he's had here about two or three years that they haven't been very good, it still has not penetrated the thought I have with regards to how great he was, right? And, right, yep. And probably the best coach. I mean, there, there's a lot of great coaches that have come through, but – with his success, it's hard to argue that he's not the greatest. And I, I, in a weird way, I just want him to walk off into the sunset, right? I, I don't, I don't remember his Jets days necessarily. If I think he's Cleveland Browns, the days. Browns days. Did he coach for the Jets? Am I just imagining that? I, Maybe it was the Browns. Maybe it was the Browns. So I don't really. Rem- well, obviously, I don't remember because I can't even think of it. So I just want to know him as the New England Patriots coach. He retires, won, what, six Super Bowls? Six Super Bowls, yep. Wow. and Three j- coach of the years. <laughs> probably deserve more. Probably, yeah. So, to me, it's like just go off into the sunset, retire, relax, and that's how he'll always be remembered in my mind. I don't want to see, even if the Atlanta Falcons make the playoffs a couple of times in his four years at the helm, I just don't want to see that. And then, then the ending comes with him being fired, let's say, by the Falcons. So mm-hmm. it's like, just just move on. I know Robert Kraft was pretty sad about that as well. What a combination that you with Brady and Belichick and Kraft, who uh, you know would spend, of course, plenty of money to get them championships. So, yeah, just be done with it, is what I'm saying. Just be done. Just go enjoy your life on the beach. Yeah. Now, Pete Carroll, I kind of feel... Still has that itch, Yeah, it sounds like. I know that Aaron Lemming filled us in as far as his press conference seemed that he was pretty bummed out and not necessarily in agreement of this decision. Yeah, I uh, was dead wrong about that yesterday, thinking that maybe Pete Carroll just wants to not deal with the pressure anymore. But it sounds like from Aaron and other things I've read that he's still full bore wanting to coach. So we'll see what happens there. He wouldn't go back to college, would he? I wouldn't think so. Can you imagine though? Is Alabama on the horn with him. Ooh, how about Belichick to the to Bama? <laughs> Belichick to Bama. <laughs> he would not want to do it. Any recruiting stuff? No. Like the in-home visits or like the the photo shoots they do yeah. when guys go on campus. Oh my! Can you imagine him <laughs> sitting there in the picture? <laughs> Those looks would be classic. Let's just do it for a year. I want to see that. That would be kind of fun to see what uh, how he would take that. I mean, he's old man angry. 
right? I mean, he's had the old man anger for a while. Yeah. So I don't need to see him try to tackle college football. I don't think there's any doubt that we don't want to see that. I will say this, like Tom Brady seemed more, I was always a Tom Brady fan. Uh, I always respected the the greatness and mm. the clutch moments that he had in New England, even though it got repetitive. Anytime you have a, <laughs> a player, and I'm sure if you were a non- Midwesterner, especially not living in Illinois and you weren't a Bulls fan, right. seeing Jordan in the finals every year probably got pretty old. Sure. Even though if you're like, this dude is great, let's just have somebody else win the title. Through the years, you've, you've of course had that with you know Golden State Warriors little run there with Steph Curry, LeBron in the finals all the time. Uh, on the other end, you know, go through the sports and, and you can give plenty of examples. So uh, I think people got sick of the Patriots. But on the note of Brady, he just – when he got to Tampa – he he just unbuttoned. He, he, he was a lot more fun, Tom Brady. Yep. And I think getting away from Belichick, where that that relationship obviously had soured, and and when when you're together that many years, there are going to be some some things where there's disputes and and some ego and whatnot. Uh, so when he got to Tampa, I mean, they won the Super Bowl, and he's he's drunk Tom Brady on a boat <laughs> with a backwards hat and sunglasses, and throwing like, the Super Bowl in the yeah, uh, water, or yeah, the, the the trophy. You know, it's like ah. So I think he became more likable for people who didn't like him before. What if Bill Belichick for just a few years goes somewhere else and just finally lets it lets it rip? Like like shows people who he really is underneath that hard shell, which that might just be all the way to his core who he is. There's like one clip out there you've probably seen, a lot of people have, where he's talking about a Halloween party with yes. Randy Moss. Yes. And he I forget what he shows up dressed up as. I don't remember either. But it was like actually okay. Bill Belichick has a actual. Was it know, like a hippie or something? Was he maybe? I, I have this picture of Bill Belichick coaching the Falcons, and he rides a motorcycle in every day, and he's just like this Harley guy with a big mullet, yeah. and he wears like a black leather vest under over his cutoff hoodie. Mm-hmm. He just wears that on the sidelines, and and everybody's like, what? And he's got like a headband on or something. <laughs> <laughs> He just totally cuts loose. Just leans into having fun the last couple of years. I'd be okay with that. Like, well, if that's too. in Atlanta with the Falcons, uh, and if Justin Fields is not going to be a Bears quarterback, why not send him to Atlanta Oh, uh, to have that, that going? Um, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe do it in college, although I, I just don't think he'd want to put up with it, but it would be fun and entertaining. I don't think Bill will ever go somewhere that doesn't have an established quarterback. Did he not learn through the years with Tom Brady that – and I'm not saying that it was all Brady. I mean, you've got to throw the fact that Bill Belichick knew what he was doing as a head coach as well. I mean, that that's almost like the LeBron versus Michael argument is the Brady versus Belichick. You know, who was the reason that they won all those? Let's just, let's just agree that both of them did their part. But I just can't imagine after what he struggled with the last two or three years at quarterback that he's going to go down and, and have Desmond Ritter <laughs> – as his quarterback oh, or whatever. Oh, someone different. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so I just – I don't see him – like, I could see him maybe going to a, a – you know, well, there again, I mean, like, the, the job openings, Tennessee, you got Will Levis. I don't know that I'm, I'm hanging my hat on him. No. Seattle's got Geno Smith, who's old anyway. I mean, he's been good the last couple of years. But The I, Chargers is the best destination yeah, as far that would as be a it. proven quarterback, but I don't know that they would want yeah, Bill Belichick. That's true. Gosh, how could you not want him? Doesn't he seem like the guy, too, that like you go to work on Monday morning and he's like the guy that is never smiling. 
He puts his head down when he passes you in the hallway. I mean, you just imagine like Tom Brady and him like passing in the hallway after a loss, you know, and Belichick's just murmuring like, I got I to gotta start somebody other than Brady. <laughs> <laughs> and Tom's like, what? Oh, nothing, nothing. Yeah, I don't know. He just seems like an angry man to me, Belichick. Yeah, so. I agree. Just go relax. Go relax. Sit by the fire, watch it snow in Foxborough or wherever he wants to live, you know, and, and just enjoy life. You were right about him. He was on the Jets staff, not as a head coach. Oh, okay. He was an assistant under Bill Parcells. So oh, yeah. after getting fired after five seasons in Cleveland, which were not really all that successful, although he did go 11-5 and five in 1994. <laughs> With Cleveland. That, yeah. that should be a big star there. Right, no doubt. <laughs> Uh, but the next year, five and eleven, ends up getting fired. He goes to the Patriots to be on staff with Bill Parcells, and then Barcells goes from New England to the Jets. And Belichick ended up following him before going back to New England to be the head coach. Okay. And yes, six Super Bowls, won it in oh one, oh three, oh four, twenty fourteen, twenty sixteen, and twenty eighteen. Wow, there was a big there was a gap there. Was Brady there all of those years? Yes. That's unreal. You know, the reason I think I, I had Jets on my mind is because you remember ESPN did the the two Bills, like they had Parcells and Belichick, like they did like a 30, 30, 30 for 30, 30 or something on them. And I remember him talking about their time with the Jets. I think that was the only reason I, I recalled that there was something to do with the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. A 651 says, Falcons had Jerry Glanville. I'm not familiar oh, with who that yes. is. Black yeah. leather jacket, motorcycle riding, cowboy boot wearing head coach. See, that must be why I'm thinking, like I'm picturing a Falcons. Yeah, Jerry Glanville, man. Do some research on that dude. He was a fun, he was fun. He was just a guy that uh, enjoyed life for sure. He was a little short dude, kind of robust a little bit, and had a heck of a, had a, heck of a personality. Jerry Glenn. Maybe send Belichick to uh, Las Vegas. Ooh. <laughs> Lindy's Raiders. <laughs> what are they getting now? They're getting the, uh, not the Padres, but the uh, A's. Yeah, that's right. So they're going to now have the Raiders, the A's, and the Golden Knights in Vegas. And here we were, what, three? They will have an NBA franchise at some point yeah. as well. What was it, five years ago? You know, we're like, well, we can't send somebody to Vegas because – There'll be too many, you know, too many distractions in the wagering, and now we're all about wagering. Yeah. yeah. Every game you watch is yeah. FanDuel commercials, DraftKings. They're sponsoring these uh, leagues and whatnot. Every podcast I listen to, there's – I mean, I don't – how many – so if I say FanDuel, like is that like a – that's just a – what would you call a that? sports book? Sports book. Okay, how many are there? There's a lot. FanDuel, DraftKings, BetMGM, Circa, Caesars. Wow. Points bet. Yeah, I mean, I hear something. I heard something today. I, I'm the only guy that listens to it, but it's a it, it's a uh, a Cardinals football podcast with a guy named Alex Clancy who does a pretty good job. So I listen to two Cardinals podcasts. I, can you imagine somebody like something happens to me and they find my phone and they're like. This guy's been listening to Cardinals po- football podcasts. Like, Along with murder yeah. stories. Let's don't even look for him. <laughs> just, just, let's don't even look for him. He had, some, he had a troubled past. Right. Let it go. But, uh, but certainly, certainly that, that there, I just like, I heard one this morning that 
it, it's one where they give you the injury insurance. Like I, I don't like FanDuel. Well, I just did this. I did the parlay with the Bears and Packers, and I did it about twenty minutes before the game. And I had catches for Watson, and then he doesn't even play. Mm-hmm. So I lose the parlay. And I'm like, well, I think that's wrong. But well, if he didn't play, it should have voided. Oh, maybe it did. I'll have to check. I was thinking. If I, that's the only thing you lost. it might, Well, me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing I didn't get something else is why. But I think when I saw that, I just thought. But the, the point is, if Watson would have played two plays, mm-hmm. And gotten hurt, then you're you're in trouble. But on this, whatever this app was, they would actually void if they got injured during the game, which is kind of cool. Mm, yeah, I, I, sometimes so they I, do that. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe so. It's not the. I I only do Fanduel. So I. Are you saying DraftKings does it? I don't Who, know which book did you say it, it was, it was doing one it? I'd never heard of. Yeah. So there are some that that out there will. Will throw throw you a bone. Oh, okay. I didn't in know. In case that. that that happens, not every time, to my knowledge, unless one is sticking by their, you know, this is going to be our policy. If somebody gets hurt during the game, which uh, more power to them, that would that would get them, yeah, some business because there's so many. A guy limps <laughs> off with an injury, like of course. <laughs> but um, on the note of betting, real quick, real quick, uh, the Sony Open's going on. Oh, out there in Hawaii, and Adrian Dumont de Chassart. Is in this event? Did you see? Was he? He was PG. Was not PGA. He was rookie of the year for some. Is that right? Would that have been what would he have Corn been? Corn Ferry, maybe Corn Ferry. I think that is right because he had a couple. He was of on wins, Corn right? Ferry for just one year before getting the PGA card. So it must maybe it was. I don't know. I saw he was rookie of the year in something. Maybe I'm sure our listeners know. So he but, was uh, plus four fifty to make top twenty, and oh. I, I don't think I bet it, but I was looking at it. Do you know how it – well, no, it's – today Today's would be opening, opening round. round right? yeah. yeah. Hmm. I did bet on Zalatoris. We, oh, that's is that your new guy? That's my guy. Yeah. Although Hovland's my guy. I had oh him last goodness. week and he lost. Yeah. Hovland is a stud. I also had Thigala, who lost by one stroke. I had him at 65-1. to one. That hurt. We got we to gotta talk Illinois-Michigan Oh, is there a game tonight? But isn't it cool how the PGA starts the season in Hawaii? And, and it's just like – it's so – it's so frustrating to sit at home when it's negative four degrees and there's snow flurries and you flip on the TV and these guys are in Hawaii and you're like, how nice is that? I know. <laughs> Hell, we'll be having Daytona 500 soon. February. Crazy. I love the Daytona 500. And on the other side of it, we're about to get some sleet tonight, rain or snow tomorrow, yes. and then Arctic temperatures over the weekend. Okay. Whenever they say Arctic, you know you're in trouble. Yeah. That's, it's just that simple. Mm-hmm. 217 said Corn Ferry. Corn Ferry. So yep. there you go. There you go. Before we catch a break, we definitely got to get some Illinois and Michigan State talk in here. We're going to have Isaac Trotter on yeah. coming up in about 10 minutes. 24-7 sports to break down Illinois Michigan State. Also just the landscape that is the Big Ten and beyond. He does a great job covering the national scene of college basketball for 24-7 sports. We'll talk some NFL before we get out of here, the NFL playoffs uh, to discuss as well. And uh, Tom Izzo spoke earlier this week. I want to get you, get you some of that, a guy that's had some uh, bombshell quotes here mm. after the loss to Northwestern on Sunday, calling out. He, he, he went viral on Twitter for what a lot of people are saying, and I would, I would agree. He was doing anti-analytics 
takes. Oh, uh, I'm saying he hates analytics and whatnot, which Lon might be on board. I was going to say I might. I like Izzo even more now. <laughs> right. Old school guy. Um, <laughs> but he also called out his team for being out physical by Northwestern and. Uh, even A.J. Hogarth, I didn't know this until reading through some stuff when I was putting together my story last night and then my preview today that A.J. Hogarth came out and said this is a must-win for Michigan State. I saw that in your preview. Which is interesting. I thought today, you know, there's all this that we talked about with Izzo and Brad ran the clip about how he'll have him. Can you imagine Brad's pregame tonight to his team? He's going to be... You know, oh, the story is Michigan State is coming in here to be rough. And uh, you know what? BS. Let's match their intensity immediately and smack them in the face. And I, this is a big game tonight. It's a huge game. Is it because it's Michigan State? I'm trying to figure out why in yeah. my mind. There's part of that for sure. I mean, this was a team that was ranked, what, fifth in the country to start the season. And mm-hmm. then obviously they've had some warts along the way, but they're starting to come back and play better. I just think with without Shannon and with the idea that you've got two, you know, you've got a very winnable game against Maryland on Sunday and then a game at Michigan and they're just not very good. And, and I guess in that one, Doug will play. Yeah, Doug McDaniel's going to play in that one because he's suspended only for road games. It's Six just the weirdest thing I've ever seen. For academics, I think. Yeah, but why would it already be allowed to play home games? Well, probably because he can study all day for the home uh, games. But on the road, maybe they said, hey, you know what? You're going to stay back and you're going to study. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to put that one in no, my mind I, either. I guess that makes sense. I but guess. You can't study on the plane or <laughs> in the hotel room. <laughs> like he's going to be back studying, you know? Exactly. <laughs> Let's see my team. What a mess of, of a program. It's time to move on from Juwan, I think. I don't know. That... He's done okay there, right? An Elite Eight and a Sweet 16, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, Big Ten title. Didn't make the tournament last year. Mm-hmm. Not going to make it this year. No. Yeah, I don't – that team is just a bunch of guys that do their own thing. If you watch them play, I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm, I'm – I've watched them twice, and it just – it's not fun basketball to watch. It was almost similar to Illinois last year. Mm-hmm. I'll put it that way. Like, I got the same vibe from guys hunting shots. They don't, they don't go on many runs. I, I just, I, you can beat them. So, my thought is, don't mess up these next three, which you should be 3-0 and after these next three games. Don't mess it up by losing to Michigan State in a primetime game, essentially, on right. FS1 at 8 o'clock. Yeah, and Bill Rafferty in the house. I saw that. Tim Brando. Cool. Tim doing Brando the, as well, yeah. Uh, Tim Brando's been around a while. Absolutely. Woo. Uh, yeah, abs- I think the yeah, Marcus keep Jawan so they'll continue to suck. Yeah, that know, is true. There's some take. truth to that. <laughs> I don't know that you'll get rewarded with that with that wish, but um, <laughs> right. the green and white. Anytime they come into your arena, you definitely your eyes mm. perk up because you know that's been a powerhouse in this league. The difference is here recently they really haven't performed like one. I know I wrote last night that if Tom Izzo loses this game against Illinois. Two things will happen that are, are fairly jarring. Number one, they'll be one and four in the league for the first time since he's been there. That's unreal. I read that in your in your article today, and I was like, really? They have never been one and four to start a Big Ten slate under Tom Izzo. You have to go back to 88-89, of course, the flying Illini year. But wow. Michigan State was not good that year under Judd Heathcote, yep. and they were one and four wow. in Big Ten play all the way back then. Number two... 
over the last three plus seasons, he would from 2020, 21 and on, he is one game over 500 in Big Ten play. Mm. One game over That's 500. Crazy. They lose tonight. He's a 500 basketball coach in the Big Ten during that stretch. You go the previous nine seasons. I wrote in my in my piece that it was like 107 and 47. Mm-hmm. So uh, I mean, that's a program that you expect to be competing for Big Ten titles. Even on, quote-unquote, down years, they might finish like fifth. Right. And then they're a 10 seed or a 8 seed and whatever. And then they're like, oh, then they go on a run to the Elite Eight because why not? It's Tom Izzo. Yeah, exactly. So I think you still respect the fact that this was a team that was in the Sweet 16 last year. They have really good guard play. Now, they yes, are missing they do. Joey Hauser from last year, which yep. is a big, big deal because that's put more on the plate of Malik Hall. And I think he's almost like a, a higher-profile Kipper Nichols. <laughs> yeah, in a sense, that's a great point. Which is just like this complete – and probably before Kipper like was banged up and at the end of his career just really you kind of knew what you were getting. He was just going to try to play physical and, yep. and come off the bench and give you a little bit of, of physicality and rebounding. But like – Kipper, when he was maybe more in that sophomore year window where he, was, he could pop up and score, like when he scored what? He scored 30 at the Garden or 20, 25 plus. Something like that, yeah. Um, and then the next night he may not do anything. Right. That's kind of what Malik Hall's doing. So no points, no rebounds at Northwestern. That was a big sticking point for Tom Izzo afterwards. But Tyson Walker's legit. Very one good. of the best guards in college basketball for the roller coaster ride that has been of this season when they're 9-6. and six. Tyson Walker's been fantastic throughout. Scoring 21 a game, 40% from three. Mm. It, it's really the other guys that haven't given him enough support. A.J. Hogard, Jade Nakins, guys that are very capable. Aiken's a good three-point shooter. Yeah. Shot 43% from deep in Big Ten play last year. Hogard's that that physical downhill threat that's going to you know try to bully you to the rim, can push it in transition. And that's what I look for tonight is can you stop their transition game, which really is – what they want to do to you. That's Tom Izzo basketball Get it and go. throughout. Is, yeah, Even after to, a make. Definitely. And then tonight, well, I, I don't think they're, you know, you go you go back in, into, you know, eight years ago, five years ago, Tom Izzo teams were so good in the front court. They always had a number of guys that were like 6'8 to 6'10. Yep. Built like they – Muscular. Just so – yeah, like yeah. they were bouncers at the <laughs> at the club you're going to right. and that you, do, you wouldn't want to fight them and whatnot. And Illinois, of course, during that area was – no offense to them, but, you know, yeah. Michael Finke and Maverick Morgan. Mike and, Davis and, was thin. Yeah. The, yeah. The th- Mike Tisdale. Tisdale. Like, right. and it, Michigan State would just beat the hell out of you. <laughs> These days, I mean, it's it's Maddie Sissoko, it's Carson Cooper, yeah, Malik Hall's in that. They're not that intimidating up front. Would agree. But Izzo is going to try to make it a sticking point. Like Spartan basketball is hard nosed, physical, rebounding, loose balls, that kind of stuff. Even like hard fouls. Yes. Like I know someone brought it up. People, <laughs> right? Illinois fans will forever know Maddie Sissoko as the guy that clocked Iowa and broke his nose. That's the only reason I know him. Yeah. That's it. So can you match that physicality and intensity and not let them just kind of pop you in the mouth first? Yeah, yeah. Don't Like Brad said yesterday, first punch mentality. Who's going to throw the first punch tonight? Illinois in a home building. We've seen so many, so many teams. I mean, Michigan State, if they even were fifth in the country still. Uh, Kansas just lost last night at Central Florida. And uh, you've got Purdue going down at Nebraska. Like top-ranked teams are going down left and right on the road. Illinois is the top-ranked team. They're the, they're the number 10 team in the country. Michigan State's a team that's reeling. 
can you hold serve at home when you are the team that's been more consistent and better throughout the uh, the season? Take care of business. A six five one said that's a great comp for Malik Hall. You're right. I uh, two quick things for me, and then we got to take a break for Isaac Trotter. In your article, I also read that if Illinois wins tonight, the all-time series is tied. That's right. That's pretty impressive, yeah. you know, because Michigan State has had really good runs in not only Heathcote back in his day, but also, of course, with Tom Izzo. Number two, Hogard, this last game, I think, had 13 and eight assists. I'm kind of glad he had a decent game because in my mind, the way I always think about things is, oh, of course he's going to come in and get you – 19 and, and nine assists and he'll play the game of his career or the game of the season so far but at least he had a pretty good game last time so if he does have a solid game tonight I'm not gonna I'm not gonna throw that out there all right I'm not gonna be that whiny and say oh of course he comes in here but he's I, Hogart is my he's my guy on this team I like him so I think Walker gets his I'm trying my best to contain Hogart tonight and that's where I'd love to have a Terrence Shannon. No doubt. We should mention as well, the next 24 hours are absolutely massive. Huge. For Illinois basketball with this game tonight. It's a quad one game, a chance to take advantage of the, the door opening that Purdue left by losing there at Nebraska. Now, of course, you got to – not that we've been leaving them out, but Wisconsin's still unbeaten yep. in the Big Ten, and they actually go on the road and steal one last night. They beat – Ohio State so it's not just you're chasing Purdue but it is notable that Purdue lost this week to Nebraska Illinois could make up some of that that ground by winning tonight against Michigan State and then uh tomorrow the hearing over in it's actually in Springfield oh is it so the hearing in Springfield tomorrow uh Terrence Shannon against the university him trying to get that temporary restraining order against his suspension the expectation, as far as I understand it, is that there there probably will be a ruling tomorrow okay. on that temporary restraining order. So, Is uh, it better or worse that it's in Springfield? I don't know. I almost feel it's like... It's worse because of the weather that we're going to get. All right. So, oh, gosh. Can you imagine if that got delayed? There's there's that possibility. Although, they're originally going to do a video conference. Oh, okay. And they said that the they, both parties would be in attendance and the media was open to attend, so Joey and I were planning to go here in Urbana. Mm. But then we found out it was Springfield, Springfield, so I'm glad we're not showing up in Urbana. You could go eat like, Hooters. Yeah, true. I'll go. Yeah, Wait. but we got a radio show. Oh, that's See, right. See, we're going to do yeah. the Cardinals Caravan. That's right. And then we're going to do the radio yeah, show. Yeah, that's so. right. Yeah, never mind. Never mind. I just told Trotter we're running late. I bet he's shocked. He, he, that's what he said. <laughs> he goes, take your time. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get to him. Isaac Trotter. For 24-7 Sports to break down tonight's game, Illinois and Michigan State, as well as thoughts on the rest of the Big Ten and really the national picture as well. And I want to ask him if Illinois gets Terrence Shannon back. Cause, uh, he's a guy that's – he'll pay a lot of attention to the national scene. So he's seeing what the top teams in the Big East are doing, the SEC right. and, and whatnot. How would Illinois wish Shannon stack up to those teams? How would mm. Illinois without Shannon stack up to those teams as well? So uh, a lot that we can ask him, and we will do that coming up next. But before we catch a break, let's let Lon do some work. I can do that. Hey, it's tax time. I told you that yesterday. I want to tell you about there's a warning sign of tax identity theft when the IRS denies your tax return, meaning someone maybe has already filed it under your name. Now, if you believe that you've fallen victim to that and that identity theft, 
Contact the IRS Identity Protection Specialized Unit and complete an identity theft affidavit. I'm sure that's a whole lot of paperwork, but it would be worth it. Close any bank accounts that have been tampered with or opened without your permission. Contact the three major credit bureaus to place a fraud alert on any credit records and pay your taxes and file your return, even if you have to send by paper. So that is, for some reason, if you are denied, your IRS gets, uh, if IRS denies your tax return, it could be that someone has already filed it under your name. That would be a scary, scary thought. Remember, the best way to protect yourself from fraud is to be proactive. Busey wants you to be informed of any security issues. You see how much closer I get this paper? Like, I've got to start bringing in glasses. Uh, Scams or alerts that may compromise your personal or financial information. Visit the Information Security Center on Busey.com or call 1-800-67-BUSEY today. Busey, member FDIC. Yep, I remember. Champaign County Sheriff's Deputy Alex James, our Law Enforcement Official of the Month, uh, brought to you by MX Electric. Yes. Well, how do you get the Unity High School Resource Officer with the kids every day, and why do you love that? Came over to the Sheriff's Office here, and so when I grew up, uh, I, I came from Moreau Forsyth. At Moroa, I grew up with a school resource officer there. Hmm. Still today, him and I are really hmm. good friends. We talk every once in a while and we catch up. But when I was in middle school, I met him and I just thought he was the coolest guy ever. So I always looked up to that position being really cool to me. And um, whenever me being at the sheriff's office and this position opened up, I was like, you know what? That would be really cool to do. Because you admired a resource officer. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So you might be having the same impact on kids today. Exactly. So when I came to the sheriff's office, I saw it was a position available that we do. Being an SRO, I stepped in this position, you know, thinking of the uh, of the times when I was a kid. And it just, it fulfills everything I imagined. Awesome. It, it is so cool. First Federal Savings Bank of Champaign-Urbana invested in our community since 1908. Before you buy your home in 2024, we invite you to speak with one of our experienced lenders, Jack, Jim, Kim, or Lane. Experience the convenience of working with a local lender with local service, decisions, and loan underwriting in our comfortable offices. Visit us to experience the exceptional friendly service from our knowledgeable staff. Hey, if you're not already banking with us, give us a try. We think you'll love it here. We do. 356bank.com, First Federal. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS. Four three five one two zero. You have money laying all around your house. You just don't know it. And no, I don't mean selling your great-grandma's good china. I mean all the old metal items you don't want to use or get rid of. Don't pay someone to haul it away. Bring it into Max Twin City Recycling and get paid to have it taken off your hands. They love new customers and are more than willing to walk you through their process step-by-step. Come check them out at 2808 North Lincoln Avenue in Urbana. By now, you've all heard the expression, when you turn the key and the car won't run, call 367-9481 for PDR Automotive. They are what's best for your truck or car. They are PDR. But who are they? They, the PDR staff, understand that a name is only as good as the people that represent it. The PDR staff has more than 335 years of combined automotive experience, several employees now on staff for more than 25 years. PDR, more than just a name. Family owned and operated, now celebrating over 50 years in business accumulation preservation generation at Busey Bank these are the principles we use to build meaningful financial partnerships with our clients and their families with sound advice and vast resources 
partner with Busey for a personalized approach to your legacy. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini, member FDIC. Back on the drive with Sam Piper, ESPN Radio 93.5. Let's go to the Tapman's Towing phone line. Bring in our buddy Isaac Trotter. He's the national college basketball writer for 24-7 Sports. I believe he lives, he said he lives in Chicago. Yeah. I, someone's told me that he lives near Wrigleyville. Oh, is he changing? Is that correct? Is he? Isaac? That is true. Yeah, it is true. I, I hate to admit it, but for a Cardinal fan, I went to a lot more Cubs games than I wanted to admit last year. So it's, it's, happening. it's so easy. It's it's happening. He's I'm good. happy for you. That that seems like it'd be a great area. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. But can you sabotage what they have going on now? Because you know they're they're making some moves now. They're starting to heat up here in, in terms of the the hot stove, and uh, I think the the plates cooled off for the Cardinals, and maybe is. isn't going to heat up the rest of the off season. No, I'll do my best. You know, All I'll right. do my best to see what we can do. I, I, it worked really well keeping Otani from joining the Cubs, and, mm. and so I feel like I should get at least maybe 10% of the credit for that. That's a good point. You should let Jeff Passan know that. Yeah. What did you think, Isaac, as a big Cardinals fan, when they went out and signed Sonny Gray, Lance Lynn, who's the other dude, Kyle Gibson or something? Um, and, and it's like, wow, they're, they're hey, here we go. Like, they, they got the quick start out of the blocks, right? And then they look like Lon now trying to win the 100 where everybody's like 20 yards ahead of me now. I mean, it just went from like, oh, sweet, to, yep, that's it. Good night, everybody. <laughs> I mean, that, that just stinks. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm in kind of in a wait-and-see mode. This rotation is super old. I think our average Oof. age of our, our rotation is like 35. So <laughs> I'm a little bit concerned about that but i do i do like this lineup but if the pitching stays healthy on paper i understand where this is and the division sucks right like yeah. milwaukee is not pretending like they want to win the cubs aren't really going all in so i feel like the cardinals are in the weakest division maybe in all of baseball that or the al central so we have a chance but like you said i wouldn't say i'm overly thrilled with this offseason edition yeah we're in the nfc south Essentially. Yeah, true. Yeah. We get to meet Jordan Walker tomorrow, though. Yeah. Got to throw that in there. Anything, any uh, words you want us to pass, pass along to him? Jordan Walker? I mean, he's amazing. I love you. You're going to be awesome. Can <laughs> you be an MVP candidate next year? Like, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. Sounds his, good. His wife's in the other room going, what is he? <laughs> what did he just say that he loves? Who's he, he love? love? <laughs> <laughs> let's talk some I know hoops. He, I know he loves hoops. So let's do that. Uh, tonight, Isaac, you got Illinois, Michigan State, number 10, Illini, who... Did fall short in West Lafayette, but for the most part have looked pretty good without Terrence Shannon. Of course, a big hearing tomorrow as far as that goes. I want to ask you about uh, just what the picture the rest of the year would look like with Shannon without it. But as far as tonight goes against Sparty, who A.J. Hogard's come out and said it's a must win. Uh, I know it, them dropping to one and four is unfamiliar territory in terms of Tom Izzo if they were to lose tonight. How do you think Atlanta fans should be feeling going up against a Michigan State team that started slow, then seemed to figure it out with 
some with with beating Baylor and whatnot, but then drops one pretty in convincing fashion there in Evanston over the weekend. Yeah, it's a fascinating matchup, right? Because I think the main storyline with Illinois this year defensively has been, hey, we're going to play really well defensively and force you to make a lot of long, tough twos. I think Illinois is third nationally this year in, in long twos that they force defensively. And what does Michigan State do? Like That's what they like to shoot. They shoot a ton of mid-range jumpers. That's kind of Tyson Walker's M.O. We've seen A.J. Hogarth get his pull-up a little bit so far this year. So it's it's such a weird matchup between two teams who I think they have a lot in common with their head coaches with the way that both of those guys kind of view the physicality and playing tough and all of these things. But like they kind of have opposite approaches from a schematic type of uh, attack. So it's, it's, it's interesting. It's really, really interesting. I think that this is a really, honestly, a huge game for Illinois in the Big Ten race. Like, obviously, Purdue has now lost two games, right, after they lose to Nebraska. You have an opportunity to get a little bit more separation, and you look at this schedule coming up. It's like Maryland, who's reeling at home. Michigan, on the road, is obviously kind of a dumpster fire right now. Yeah. Rutgers at home, Northwestern on the road. Who? It's like, it's like you kind of look ahead of the schedule and like, man, if you get past Michigan State here and take care of business, could you be six and one in Big Ten play? Mm. And that's that's a kind of an interesting storyline with this. So it's it's a huge game tonight, but it's all about those long twos, right? Like if Michigan State's getting to their spots and getting rolling, you know, they're a team that'll take a lot of tough shots, but they can make them too. Isaac, as far as the offensive side, Illinois put up some good numbers on the whole against Purdue, especially though in the second half after subbing out Ty Rogers, those final fifteen minutes without him on the floor, same with Dane. Of course, you, you play into that spacing uh, to be able to counteract Edie in the pain and, and make him have to go out and guard some people and free up the lane. And really, in general, Illinois' philosophy and foundation offensively is, is having space, having the booty ball, uh, and then having uh, front court players that can shoot from the outside. But uh, what I want to get to is, what did you make of the way that Purdue guarded Ty Rogers? Do you think, personally, because we've, we've talked about this, and I'm interested in your opinion, do you think Michigan State will do that tonight with Sissoko guarding Rodgers? Do you think other teams can can replicate that? I know it will be easier for Ty to score on 6-9 or 6-10 versus 7-4, but was that a, a weakness that might come up again throughout this season, in your opinion? Yeah, I do think that teams are going to keep doing it. I don't I don't think you and me, Piper, were very surprised by Zach Eady guarding Ty Rodgers. We no. texted about that a few times heading into that spot, but Tonight, I think Michigan State might try it. I don't think it's going to work as well. And the big reason is because Purdue actually has some decently sized guys that they could bring in to play alongside Zach Eady. It's, it's more than just Eady. It's Trey Kaufman Wren. It's Mason Gillis who have that size. Michigan State doesn't necessarily have that. So let's play this matchup game. You put Matty Sissoko on Ty Rogers tonight. That means that Jaden Akins probably has to guard Quincy Garriott. Mm. That's a six foot four guard trying to guard, you know, a six foot nine monster forward who has been killing teams on the glass and can really impose his will in the paint. So I don't think Michigan State should. If they do, though, I think Illinois could actually would actually kind of welcome it in, at this point tonight. So moving forward, I definitely think Illinois is going to see it in certain spots, but the personnel that Purdue has around them, like you need another big four that can kind of tangle with Coleman Hawkins. You kind of need another big rangy wing who can tangle with Quincy Garrier if you're going to play your center on Ty Rogers. And Michigan State, so far this year, just doesn't really have that personnel. So if they try it tonight, I think Illinois is going to be in really good shape and going to be able to get really, really good shots. And if they don't try it, I think you can kind of get back to doing what you do with Coleman at the five. 
Isaac Trotter, the guy that doesn't text me, is our guest on the Tapman's Towing <laughs> phone line. Uh, I got over it already. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. Um, anyway, see, you flustered me now. I don't even know what to ask. No, I will ask about Marcus Damask. Did anybody see this coming from a guy that was admittedly really good at SIU? He'll be a Hall of Famer with the Salukis, but for him to come and most recent Big Ten Player of the Week, he's been over 30 twice. He's a guy that can just, you know, like Luke Goody the other day told us that, you know, I didn't realize he could dribble the ball up the court and get his own, you know, shot, et cetera. What, what have you seen from Marcus Damask, and did you have any thought to him being this good? Yeah, I mean, I think we really, all of us who kind of looked at the transfer portal really liked Marcus Damask, sure. but I think we'd all be dumb to say, like, we saw this part of him coming. And I just keep going back to, like, what he's done with his body since he got to Illinois. I think he was, you know, 225 when he got to campus the first time, and they list him at 215. I think he's probably closer to, like, 205. Like, he's wow. moving a lot differently than he did at, at Southern Illinois. And I think that's really playing off because he still has that strength a little bit, but his ability to leap and create separation in that mid-post area is just really different. And so, you know, you kind of go through the transfer portal classes. I'm working on a story right now, like the best class, not necessarily the best players, but mm. Illinois has kind of gone three for three in the portal. You know, Marcus Damask is a, a monster hit, probably a grand slam if we're playing the baseball terminology, <laughs> right? Quincy Garrier has been a, a really big hit. Justin Harmon's a hit. And, when you go three for three in the portal, like not many other programs throughout college basketball can say that. And Damask is such a huge piece of that. And I, I really think transforming the body, you know, that playing with that confidence is huge. And you kind of expect him to start making threes again, right? Like he hasn't been a guy yes. that shot it very well from downtown this year. So maybe we have a little bit of a regression to the mean with that, like off the dribble twos. Like I think he's shooting over 60%, one of like seven players in college basketball who are shooting over 60% on off the dribble two point jumpers. But I do think we're going to have a little bit of positive regression with those threes as well, which might counteract it. Isaac, I want to ask you as far as the decision tomorrow, assuming we will get word one way or the other with the temporary restraining order that Shannon and his legal team are seeking against Illinois to then potentially, and and most likely if he gets it, I would imagine be reinstated with the team and back on the court. I want to get your take as far as you've watched a lot of basketball. You know the national landscape really, really well. If Illinois gets Terrence Shannon back, where do you think they stack up nationally? And then after that, I guess if they don't, what is that maybe limit in terms of their ceiling, in your opinion, as you see it right now? I mean, I don't feel like it's it's bad to say that Illinois is like a legit contender to go to the Final Four and potentially win it all if Terrence Shannon gets back. Like, this team is playing at, at that type of level. Throw an All-American back in, you see what – continuity that they have and, and what type of you know challenges they bring to the floor like the whole conversation around like ty rogers you like oh how do you play a center on him is completely gone if terrence is back and you're playing mm-hmm. your lineup with terrence and no mask and, and carrier and coleman hawkins and goody like you can kind of uh, get that question mark out of the door if terrence is back and you kind of look throughout the landscape of college basketball houston loses this week arizona has lost a couple games purdue has lost some games like uconn has lost some games like there there isn't that dominant team and Illinois gives a lot of teams problems so you know like you get parents back in the mix maybe that takes a little bit of time to assimilate but this team could be scary scary good like I I genuinely don't think it's crazy to think that that's one of the top eight to nine to ten best teams in the country and maybe in like that 
inner circle of teams that can win the title because you can kind of be elite on both ends of the floor. We've seen them be elite defensively, and we've seen them be elite offensively, and you just can't say that about you know a lot of teams in, in college basketball. And obviously, it comes down to the draw, and Brad Underwood probably would tell you if he was being fully honest that they haven't gotten great draws at times in the last couple of years, but if you get a good draw and play up to your capabilities, like this team can certainly go on a run. So I, I feel like tomorrow is a really... I mean, it's a really, really huge moment about what this team could be right now and then what their ceiling is in March. Isaac, I'll tie this to who they're going up against in terms of the Big Ten race. So Purdue, as you mentioned, loses earlier this week to Nebraska. They have two losses in Big Ten play. Wisconsin's unbeaten in Big Ten play, 4-0 now. They, they get a win on the road in Columbus last night. Can Illinois, if they don't get the news they want on Shannon, be a Big Ten title winner Legit contender, I think that they can be as far as a contending team, but do you think they can win it if they don't get Shannon back in comparison to what you think Purdue will do the rest of the year and what you think Wisconsin will do? Yeah, I think they'll give themselves a chance. I think maybe my hesitancy is just how thin this team could get. Like, it gets thin in a hurry if Terrence Shannon isn't playing this year and, you know, say Dane Danger continues to be a guy that you're not really sure what you're going to get from against high major competitions. It's like, you're at like six or seven guys maybe now. And you went from a really deep team, maybe the Big Ten's deepest team, to now without Terrence, your 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 strength kind of became a big question mark again. So I think that you can be competitive with those teams. Like I don't think Wisconsin is that much more talented than an Illinois team that doesn't have Terrence Shannon Jr. I think Purdue is really good and obviously in a different tier maybe than Illinois without Terrence Shannon, but it's not like some huge gap. So you could be competitive, but I don't know if I would, you know, go in and be like, yep, Illinois without Terrence Shannon Jr. is going to win the Big Ten title because it just, it just feels like this league, you just need depth and you know that there are injuries coming and you know that there's going to be attrition. And I'm not sure this roster has enough of it without Terrence Shannon. So, I, I, again, like I said earlier, it feels like Friday's decision really is a, a huge, huge moment because this team could really accomplish a lot of really, really good things, I think, with Terrence Shannon back in the lineup. Without him, I still think they can. I just feel like it just kind of changes. Like, yeah, you can finish top four in the Big Ten. Yeah, you can earn like a top five seed in the NCAA tournament. But I feel like there's a pretty big gap because you can go from like really good to potentially special if you get your All-American back in the in the mix. A few more minutes with Isaac Trotter on the Tapman's Towing phone line. He is the national college basketball writer for 24-7 Sports. So on the national scene, Isaac – as far as those teams ranked in the top 10, top 15 that have lost recently, I want to ask you a two-fold question. So for those that have lost of late, say a game or two, uh, in terms of one that, you know, to a lesser team, I know it's on the road, it's, it's tough throughout college basketball, but who are you maybe selling some of your stock in terms of maybe what you thought or what you, you had going with a certain team? Who's Who's maybe shown a hole recently that you don't think will be as good going forward? And who are you saying, okay, they've lost a couple, but I still expect this team to be as good as they were ranked previously, or I'm not, I'm not moved by what they've done here of late in terms of losing a game or two? Yeah, I think it, I would probably sell a little bit of Creighton, which hurts my soul a little bit because I really like that team. I like the roster. Um, but I think there's some concerns as well too, right? Like that's a team – that they get multiple guys back, you get Trey Alexander back, you get Ray Baylor Shireman, you get Ryan Kalkbrenner back, a familiar name to Illinois fans. You're like, man, that, that team could be pretty darn good with some of the additions that they've had, but they just don't do it for me defensively. They just don't have enough firepower defensively. That you don't feel them. They don't really create a ton of turnovers. So they, they allow like good shots analytically, 
Like they allow a lot of the tough twos, they take away the rim, but you're just not uncomfortable when you play them. So teams are able to, to kind of pick them off a little bit. So that's a team that I think is going to be a really good team this year, but I'm, I'm not sure they have enough firepower defensively to advance. The team I'm still buying, like even after losses, is like is UConn. Like UConn is a, mm. is a program that, yeah, they won the title last year. And I think a lot of people are like, kind of like, oh, you're not going to be able to win it again. They've had a lot of injuries to Donovan Klingon as this year's been injured, the five-star freshman. Uh, their, their guard, Stefan Castle, also got hurt. But their peak, like what we've seen from them, like when they're fully healthy, might be as good or better than any team in college basketball. And so that's a that's a team that I'm still like totally bought in on. And like if they can get healthy, like they're going to be just fine because of what they do and, and the personnel that they have. You know, Cam Spencer, the, the transfer out of Rutgers, has gone mm-hmm. there. He's just like a perfect Dan Hurley guy. He's just nasty. He <laughs> plays with a chip on his shoulder. He's always talking smack. Like he always looks like he's irritated, even if he shouldn't be. Like he's just perfect, and it's just like a perfect UConn player. So I really, really like that team. Real quick, Isaac, before Lon finishes up with another game, uh, question about tonight's game, Marquette. What the heck's going on with them? I mean, when Illinois lost that game on their home floor, like oh, that's okay. That's a team that can go to the Final Four and looks like a like a wagon, but that that wagon's not going to uh, in the right direction all that much here recently. Yeah, I mean, Tyler Kolek is a guy who he, how do I say this nicely? Like, he plays with a chip on his shoulder, and he will talk a lot of smack, but he has not backed it up lately. Like, he was one for six against Seton Hall. He was one for 13 against Butler with three turnovers in each of those games, not playing as up to his capabilities defensively. So, like, this is a group that has really, like, that shooting was their strength. And right now it's not really right there, right? Like it's, it's kind of a major weakness. I think they're shooting under 32% from three-point range right now, and they take a lot of threes. They're just not making them. They're kind of Illinois last year, right? And so that's, that's kind of a, a thing that's popped up for them because I was with you like a couple of weeks ago. They had lost to Wisconsin. They lost to Purdue. And I'm like, ah, they're fine. Like they just trounced Texas. I was up there watching them. And then right now it feels like the wagons are – are really sputtering because they can't find that third alpha score. And, and when Tyler Kolek is struggling a little bit and Cam Jones is the only real like bucket getter on the floor, that's a problem. So that that's a team that I still feel like is going to find a way to get back and be good because, you know, you have a really great point guard and you have enough depth there. But uh, n- there's no doubt in my mind, like some of the things about them have changed a little bit lately because they just can't make shots, which feels weird for a Marquette team that just made a ton of shots all the time last year. Yeah, great point. All right, Isaac, we got about a minute left. What are you feeling for tonight? By the way, I'm with you. Like yesterday I said, if just get through Michigan State and then it sets up pretty nice for Illinois the next couple of games. But tonight's a big one here at home, 8 o'clock tip, FS1. What are you thinking? Yeah, I think, I think Michigan State's going to come out and play with a lot of poise. I think they're going to play really tough. But I think Illinois gives them a lot of issues. Illinois is so much bigger than them at multiple positions. And that positional size across this backcourt, I think, is a, is a huge difference maker. I, I truly don't know if Michigan State has the personnel to guard Marcus Domask. And I think Illinois can get back to Coleman at the five. And, and they're going to have to guard Coleman with the center. And I think that's going to just let Illinois be Illinois. I think Illinois' strengths, like, I don't think Michigan State can take enough of those away. So I, I trust this Illinois team just with how well they're playing. If, if, if they continue to make shots, right, from downtown, you're yes. still getting a lot of wide-open catch-and-shoot threes. If they continue to convert those, I feel like that's going to be there tonight against a Michigan State defense that has had some real holes. So I, I just feel like Michigan State can't take away anything from Illinois right now. And that positional size 
is going to prove to be, a, you know, a really, really big feather in Brad Underwood's cap. So I, I think Illinois is going to find a way to get it done tonight at home. Do they cover two and a half, three? I, I think so, but I, that's that's life on the road in the Big Ten. Life on the road in the Big Ten is really, really <laughs> tough. And if Illinois can hold serve at home, I think that uh, they're in good shape to, to go on a pretty decent-sized run here in the Big Ten. Good call. Great stuff from Isaac Toronto. Read his stuff. 24-7 sports. Follow him on Twitter. Isaac, double underscore Trotter. One of the good ones up there in Wrigleyville. Uh, you got to give him a <laughs> shout-out for that. So uh, appreciate the time as always, Isaac, and uh, keep up the great work, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks, buddy. Isaac Trotter, good former ESPN, Radio C- ESPN CU. Just going down uh, every afternoon intern. to Yaxies or whatever there by Wrigley and just having a few. That little area right I've never around been, Wrigley. I've never been bike bar hopping or oh, anything around there. Incredible. I need to get up there. I was always yeah. so fortunate that my brother lived up there. So we would jump on the L from his condo and head down. And, you know, if the game was at 1, we'd be down there by 11. If the game was at night, we'd be there by 3. <laughs> and, dude, you know, the 1, a, 1 o'clock game, we'd do our damage after. But it was just – it was awesome. It's just a cool, festive – a lot of people in Cubs gear. That's the only problem. But – uh we would usually draft or dress neutral, so people probably thought we were. <laughs> it wouldn't fans. bother you. Yeah, right. No need to get in a little brouhaha no. in Wrigleyville, but it's fun, man. Great, great, great time. Chicago's a you great place. You don't need place. a brew poured on your head, right? Or that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need that either because you can only drink half of it. The, the stuff is dripping in the front. So, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Very good. Isaac does a great job. He really does. Good writer yeah. as well. Yep. So, uh, very strong, talented young man. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, great stuff catching up with him. Let's talk some football. Let's go. Next hour, get you ready for the NFL playoffs. Well, of course, before we get out of here, give our predictions and final thoughts on Illinois and Michigan State. If you want to weigh in, you can. 217-359-2255 on the U of I, Atlanta Lake text line. Stick with us. This is The Drive. Gear up to support your Fighting Illini this season at the official fan store of the Fighting Illini, Game Day Spirit. Shop their great selection of t-shirts, sweatshirts, and NIL jerseys as you cheer on your Fighting Illini. Visit them at the corner of 6th and Green in Campus Town, Neil and Kirby in Champaign, or online 24-7 at gamedayspirit.com. Game Day Spirit, where Illini fans shop.